Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the 401st episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patron Philip V. Thanks, Philip. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlo. Today it's just Matt and Oren. Once again, on the mic, talking about the state of the union, where we are in our lives. Last episode was uh, all of the different things that we learned over 400 episodes of podcasting. This is just like a nice little catch up for those listeners who've been tracking our careers for oh so many years. Yeah, December 4th today. It's so weird how the end of the year stuff happens like a month before the end of the year, right? Dude, so I know you always roll your eyes at me. We'll get into this, but I was reaching out to agents on the project that I'm working on, and they were already gone the Friday before Thanksgiving. And that's it. They're done. They're back now. But like, but you know, oh, who oh, takes the Friday a week before. and a half off for Thanksgiving? Yes. Agents. And you know who else? LAUSD. School. school and not, not, to, not to forget, like, we just got back from the strike. Like, we had a moment. I was like, oh, the strike's over. And then it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No, nobody wants to work. And also then you've got uh, Sundance and retreats and all that stuff. So this is really a slowdown for everyone. Yet somehow I had three companies ask me to make a treatment over Thanksgiving. Well, so that that is the big difference between commercials and uh, narrative, right? Is that in commercials, everyone's trying to spend down their budgets. And so it's a good time to be busy. And for scripted, everyone's already spooled down, basically. Yeah. It's also like hardcore Super Bowl season in the advertising world right now. And it's so weird because obviously I know about that, that the Super Bowl is at the end of January, beginning of February. And that's when all the big commercials come out. And, you know, we always talk about kind of the holy grail of commercial directing is to get to direct the Super Bowl commercial. But I have not directed a Super Bowl commercial. I directed a commercial that came out during the Super Bowl. I realize now it's not just the Super Bowl. It's like all of football has like all like it's the only time people watch appointment television anymore. Appointment television in linear in real time. Yeah, right. so, so every if you're brand. a media buyer, you want to try and get somebody to watch something where they're glued to their seats. They're not skipping things. They're not delaying things. Live, sport, live sports are keeping all of television and advertising afloat at this point. Yeah. And so like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I was up for about five different football-related commercials. One of them I didn't get. One of them I ended up not pitching on because... I didn't think the conditions were right. You you turned it down. Yeah, it was one of so I had two treatments due over Thanksgiving. It was one of them, 
and I I just felt like yeah it, it was a job I really wanted if they were to offer it to me, but not if I needed to fight for it over a weekend when I'm already fighting for another job and traveling with my family for Thanksgiving. Uh, just not worth it. It was not a good budget either. I have one. I have my Popeye's spot is football related, so oh nice. Hopefully that comes out. You know, I I actually just shot a couple things that are not coming out. <laughs> uh huh. And that's always it's a bummer. A really big bummer. You know, people yeah. spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on things and they make you work so hard on them, and then it turns out someone th- like someone just higher sucks. up doesn't yeah. like something that was never approved, and now you know it's not just me. It's like the entire crew, the cinematographer, the production designer, the art the department. actors. The actors are the people I feel the worst for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, the actors. Um, I actually was at a wedding over this weekend, and I was standing in line for uh, the appetizers, and the woman behind me says, hey, you're Oren, right? And I go, yeah. She's like, it's me. I was the food stylist on your shoot. That was one of the hardest shoots I was ever on. How did it turn out? And I was like, uh. Well. Well. Yeah. I killed it. <laughs> She's like, what? The whole art department was up like 24 hours straight. Brutal. Brutal. Anyhow. So it's, uh, yeah, it's Super Bowl season. And I'm kind of like, what's annoying about the whole football season of it all is that it, everything is on a schedule. It's like everything's yeah. like, it's like they don't realize the Super Bowl is going to happen until <laughs> December. And then everyone's just going nuts trying to shoot things. and and they make a lot of mistakes. They're like, we're going to get this football player to do this thing in this car at this time. And then, you know, like a week later, they're like, oh, yeah, our client actually didn't like that idea. <laughs> so yeah. we're not doing it. Yeah. You know, I wonder if some of, because you and I both have worked with a good number of athletes over the years. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if some of the craziness boils down to that, right? Because I, I remember I did the job where, well, there was a very specific player who had retired already. So it wasn't like we were dealing with, uh, you know, his, his schedule, games, his yeah. schedule. Yeah. But everything was written very specifically. Like he was kind of iconic. So all of the jokes revolved around, you know, his persona. And even still, I realized in a lot of these conversations, I was like, oh, the people who the, there's like six layers of people in between me and this, this athlete. And at least two or three of those layers did not run the creative by him. Like, and, and the, he ended up not doing the spot and, and would have made like a million dollars. I don't know, like so much money and just was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't like this. Part of the problem with working with like the really big athletes is they do have <laughs> so much money. They make, can make so much money from certain things. And so, yeah, it's really easy for them to turn things down. It, though you do see there are certain ones that are just clearly more media savvy where they're like, yeah. oh, the, I mean, the Manning was, brothers are sure, obviously the Manning brothers non-stop. are the best example. But like, you know, um, I guess I can like Steph Curry. I did a video with one time oh, yeah. and was like, yeah, Tom Brady to- totally knew exactly how to do everything. I barely needed to tell him how to do anything, but also was very clearly invested in the work that we were doing. Like he was getting better at hosting you know mm-hmm. like yeah. that, that guy he's got a future is what i'm saying but you know like you can tell like when they've got their eye on the prize basically 
the smart ones realize that like media and advertising is like a huge part of the longevity of their career. Anyway, it's that season and it you know how it is like you always crave the thing you're not doing and I was listening to some podcast an interview about a film or something <laughs> or a screenplay or saw some note like some tips for screenwriting on Twitter. I was like, man, I just I would just love to sit down and just like write some narrative screenplay stuff and just think about characters and arcs and mysteries and whatever. And then two seconds later, my writing partner was like, hey, Orange, should we uh, do a pass on the pilot like, oh, God. for Audible? And I was like, yeah, no, 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 I can't, I can't write. <laughs> oh, shut up. Why would you even ask me that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I'm just, it's, you know, just, I'm just tired. And the only thing I have energy for is to dream about the things I'm not doing. Yeah, fair enough. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I heard you're dreaming about your movie. I am dreaming about my movie. You bring up the point about the balance between commercials and narrative work. And I made a pretty conscious decision uh, at the beginning of this year to kind of focus on the indie filmmaking route for a minute. Focus a little less on commercials. I still am active in that world. I still pitch on stuff, but it's not going to be my main bread and butter the way it had been for the last few years. Explore other avenues of my career as well. So my nine to five, my day job is show running, which is, I mean incredible it's awesome the whole point of it was that i was giving myself the bandwidth and the frankly the mental space to think about and work on my movie more because 
uh, as or and you are a living exhibit, like when you're preoccupied with making a living um, and every job is a scramble, even though you make a great living, it's still, it puts you in this kind of zone of like scarcity that uh, I had just, I, I, I couldn't, I was really just having a hard time specifically now that I have a child and a mortgage. Like before it was very easy to just be like, well, well, you know, my rent's like nothing. My nut was very small. It was no big deal. You know, I could just travel the world or not eat out so much or whatever, you know? And I am feeling now the itch to get back into commercials more seriously. Yeah. So I was talking to a friend of ours, friend of the pod today, and he was telling me how it's just he lost a really big job that he was definitely the best person for um, yeah. just because like this other company could just do it at a lower budget. He's like, I'm tired of taking the, the beatings. I mean, you know sure, how it is sure. to not get a job. I don't know. We have uh, another friend, Ira, who told us that he doesn't, he doesn't write, you know, like the right treatments. And I think that was working for him for a while, but it's like as the trends change and the requirements change and what people like people just say right to your face like, hey, uh, our company isn't allowed to even look at a job if there aren't at least three bids and at least three directors and at least three companies giving us quotes. And it's like, I mean, you guys made up that rule. <laughs> you realize that? Sure. It's not like sure. a law. Yeah. Like if you wanted to make a movie or a commercial with, you know, Martin Scorsese. You wouldn't tell him he has to compete against two other people because that's mm-hmm. like the rule at the company. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that the difference between you and I is that, you know, I made my living in commercials for a long time, but, but not that long, frankly. I, I more often balanced sketch or screenplays or what, you know, there were other revenue streams. And I think my challenge had been as the, industry has shifted there's less of a middle ground of directing work that's not commercials basically there's it's kind of like if you want to make money directing you're either a tv director a commercial director or a studio director and there's not that many of those people yeah and my friend who i was talking to this morning told me that he thinks that what used to be like 600 shows basically tv shows Mm -hmm. that had potential to direct as is now down to 300 yeah like and, there's and, been a huge contraction of tv work and those 300 shows have repeat directors it's rare that those 300 shows have super large orders and then also that that they have a different director for each of those orders for sure so yeah and look it's a tough time to be a director right now which is why i think diversifying is is kind of the name of the game at least for me. So the good news is, is that, you know, there's a, there's other work out there and we've talked about that a lot before. I'm excited to get back into commercials in the new year and get more serious about it again, but with the flexibility of having the, um, the full-time gig, but more importantly, I'm making, uh, I'm going out to talent, making offers for the feature. Which is a big, big deal. Yeah, so we're we're making offers, which is which is exciting. And you know, uh, I think that maybe we've talked about a while ago, but we were waiting on uh, an interim agreement that ever that never actually 
came to fruition. Wait, is the strike over? Don't they have to vote to ratify it? They have to vote to ratify it, yes. But we are allowed to make offers as long as we are SAG signatories, basically. Hmm. So we filed for our signatory status, which is how we were able to file for our interim agreement in the first place. But like I said, the interim agreement, they kind of were like, hey, we'll get to it when we get to it. Because the the stack was such that like there were the people who were just about to go versus people who were making offers. And they were prioritizing movies that really were being left in the lurch, whereas we were still trying to just kind of shop things around, basically. But so now we're we're out to people, which is exciting. And, uh, you know, it, there's the new sort of calculus of it all of who do you go out to first, right? Because the sooner that you have a yes from someone, the easier it is to start building momentum. If you say, oh, yeah, we've got this movie going and so-and-so is going to play this role, that's a lot easier to buy in. So um, there's some strategy to it. For some of our younger filmmaker listeners or newer filmmaker listeners, when you say we're out to people, we're going out to people, what does that mean? Who are the people? Who is yeah, we? Great and question. what are you going great. out with? Great. So, so my producers and I um, put together a list of cast members, all the people that we want to be in the movie. Um, and these are primarily the principal roles. We're not doing anything small just yet, though I have kind of all of those lists as well. And I went through and we said, okay, uh, who, who, we listed their managers, we listed their agents, we, we kind of figured out like, oh, who do we have relationships? Do I know that manager? Do I know that agent? Do I know that actor? And who do I, who, who do we think is going to be the best person for each of these roles? Not just from an artistic perspective, but also like, you know, are they going to be recognizable on a movie poster? Are they meaningful, quote unquote? Right. And how do you do that myth? It's less complicated than you'd think um, because at least from our perspective, there's kind of um, the IMDb star meter. There's two, well, kind of a little bit. There's two slots. There's household names and then there's everybody else and then there's nobody. So three slots really, right? And so if, if they're not Brad Pitt, Will Smith, you know, Scarlett Johansson, whatever, they're not truly a household name, then they're probably in that second category. And that second category tends to be What people, about like a Logan Paul or like some um, um I would put him like in the that. second second category probably. There are like influencers are slightly different because like look, he's got god knows how many million subscribers, but he's not an actor. So, I don't know. I always I always try to think of whether my parents would have heard of them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That on the on the edge, but which I think is a really good um barometer yeah Mm -hmm. um but so everybody else tends to be in that like maybe you know their name if you're like a big fan of the tv show they're on or something but it to me it's like it needs to be like oh they're on this show and it's reasonable to expect that the person has heard of the television show whether they've watched it or not and if they haven't heard of it you can be like well it's on hbo or it's, you know, like the the credentials are objectively clear. Right. But there's a difference between a John Hamm or Brian Cranston. And sure. I would put both of them in maybe a household name. Like a Kristen Shawl, you know, 
where sure. like Kristen Shaw's a perfect example. Yeah. People would yeah. recognize her, but I don't know if people would know her name. Totally. Totally. Or like um yeah, that's exactly right. So she would be in that second group. So to me, it's all kind of they're all more or less about the same level of quote unquote value. Look, I think that we're talking about a specific scale of movie, right? Like in the like million to three million dollar range. Um, I think you can be a little bit more blase about it. You still have to be able to point to these people and be like, this is what they've done. This is what pe- the world will know them from. But it's not the expectation cannot be a triple A star, obviously. Right. I remember my friend, Jennifer Glynn, producer, told me when she was trying to put together this indie film years ago that, or she might have, they might have already made the movie, but they were trying to do press for it, get it distributed. She was being asked by potential distributors, is there anyone in your movie that we can put on The Tonight Show? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I would say yes. Yeah, I would say yes. I I would say that the cast currently has all been... On um, a late night show? Late night with Seth Meyers. Yeah. What do you go out to them with? When you've got that list, then my producers give their agents a call and say, hey, are they technically available or not? The agents of the actors. Of the actors, yeah. So, so the question there is like, hey, this is when we're aiming to shoot. Are they even free or are they booked? And there were a handful like, of people Like, would who, you entertain an offer? Not just would you entertain an offer, but like, are you physically, is there room on the calendar? Right. But like, if I called Julia Roberts' agent tomorrow and said, hey, sure. I'm Oren Kaplan. Sure. You might have heard of my podcast. Just shoot it. And they're like, we haven't. And I'm like, is Julia available to shoot on June 7th next sure. year? So, so the first question is, are they available and are they interested in reading? Right. So then the producer does a little bit of pitching. They kind of explain the project, more or less. Does the producer say, hey, I produced this. I'm with this company. Like, like, do you, you know, need I'm some... not on those calls. I guess what I'm asking is, does Joe Blow, our listener, our 21-year-old listener from Grand Rapids, can he call CAA and say, is Julia Roberts available on June 7th and will she read my script? So part of the reason why it's taken us a minute to get to this point, because like I've been sitting on the screenplay for a while, as listeners know. Mm-hmm. I saw your um, butt print on it. Um, yeah, they're like, whoa, that's a deep indentation. Um, <laughs> weirdly jagged. Um, anyway, I needed to find uh, producers who were casting savvy, you know, that that was kind of an area of expertise, which is eventually the match that we found. Um, and so we're going out to people we have relationships with first. So could I technically call up CAA and be like, "Is Ju- hey, baby, is Julia available? We've got a big picture coming up. Yeah, I could do that. They wouldn't give us the time of day. And I'll be honest, you know, um, there have been people who we've reached out to who they're like, hey, they're technically available. This doesn't sound like it's, a, it's right for them. This doesn't sound tonally like uh, this is the right fit. You're like, will Michael Fassbender play this clown character? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we're at, right? And so basically afterwards, then there's a little bit of back and forth, and we find out, oh, are you interested in reading or not? So a handful of people are reading currently, um, cast members I'm super excited about, and we'll see. You know, there's, So what, there's, do you send them an offer? We send them the script and uh, a lookbook. 
and a letter from Matt Enlow. And a letter, a love letter. Yes, that's right. And you do not say anything about compensation? No, not yet. Anything about time commitment? Uh, we do have time commitments in there, yeah. Anything about a shoot window? We have a shoot window, yes. What's your shoot window? Uh, it's currently for March. 2024. 2024, yeah. So you say we're shooting in March. We will need you for six days. We're planning on shooting in California. Four weeks. Four weeks. But yeah. Four weeks. We're shooting in the U.S. We're shooting somewhere. Shooting in, shooting in L.A. Yep. Shooting in L.A. And we would love to send you. Here's the log line. We'd love to send you the script. Yeah, I mean, they, they, we, we, I don't think, even think they send the log line, honestly. I think that they, they have the conversation and then we send the materials over. And so the materials are, like I said, that the love letter, the deck, and the script. Cool. And not the podcast. Not the podcast, no. So interesting. And then do you get, and you have to wait for these people to respond. Yeah, so, do you so give them the, a deadline? here's the rub. So we do give them a deadline. Um, uh, what, re- what Oren is asking is like, I can't say I'm casting for the role of Oren. The, oh, yeah. That's a very you know, easy to play. Can yeah, I? Very easy to play. Would you consider lead. me for it? Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk scheduling a little bit later. You might, your quote might be a little low for what we're looking. We want to spend more money. Yes. Um, but Understood. no, so, uh, so say we're trying to cast this role. We cannot go out to another actor. It's bad form, so to speak, to go out to another actor um, until the other one has officially passed one way or the other. Right. Or accepted, frankly. But so sometimes you've got an in-demand actor they're on set, they're shooting all the time or whatever. It can take forever, forever for them to finally read. So we have given them a, a respectable three weeks for them to get back to us. And they'll always have the option if they're like, hey, they were on set, they're really excited. This is what an agent's job is. It's like, oh, Warren is so excited to read this. He just hasn't had a chance yet. He's, he's got a lot of family stuff. Can you give him one more week, please? Mm-hmm. He's so excited. I am very excited. I do wonder, like, because it is so hard to get people to read scripts and reading, uh, especially in uh, 2023, 2024 is not a sport that many people do. Listen, this this thing jumps off the page, bro. I'm sure it jumps off the page. However, I wonder if anyone nowadays would be like, hey, Julia Roberts, Fassie, it's Michael Fassbender. I'm not going to ask you to read my 307-page script, look at my 89-page lookbook. Let me just get on the phone with you for five minutes and just tell you, or the Zoom call, and just tell you why this movie is so perfect for you and why you would kill it and win an Oscar, and it's nothing like anything you've ever done before. Let me just talk to you for five minutes. You don't have to do anything else. You can have your camera off and your microphone sure. off. I, you know, maybe that would work. Maybe. I think more likely, it's more like, you know, you're somebody and you're like, okay, who else is in it? And what's the director done? And then you flip to the pages where you see your name. Am I funny or scary? Are there, are there, am I in the good parts or not? Is like the, the shortcut for how people decide. I just had a, had an idea slash realization slash 
genius thing that I came up with that's probably yeah. been done by a million people before. Can you sure. guess what it is? No, tell me more. It's the freaking video pitch to the actor. Sure, it's sure. It's a 10-minute video. Julia, how's it going? I'm Oren. Hopefully all the all the credits, worthwhile credits were given to you by my agent, right? right. Producers, whatever. Let me just tell you about this movie. It's about... It's not a crazy idea. It's not a crazy idea. And you have clips and it's, I'm kind of imagining it's like, think of the villain from heat, but in the world of star Wars and doing this and that. And it's like you. And when you played that part, you know, you had that little bit of humanity. It's like that, but lost and inverted and whatever, you know, you just go nuts and make this video. And it's you passionately pitching your project and this actor being in your project. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it could literally just be like, you record yourself on sure. Zoom. It, it's not a bad idea. You know, I think it kind of depends on... There's a handful of things that it depends on. You know what First they call foremost, not a bad idea? A good idea? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> it has to get to them is the, is the first and foremost challenge. That's the biggest hurdle. Okay, so you make right? it five minutes long. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not... I'm saying, like, will their people send it to them and then open... That Will they open it? And right. Well, their stuff. people will probably have to watch it if you're someone like us so that's why you make it five minutes long sure yeah so that assuming it gets watched i think that's solid okay oh, as you, long as sorry i'm just now putting the pieces together you told me this last week that the reason you want to make a different version of your script that's more easily digestible than a you know 120 page document is to make it easier for people to just like sure. hop on while they're driving sure yeah 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 that 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 is um that's the the thinking behind a a podcast version for sure um but oh my second point is it does it read as thirsty because the, the what you're describing is a great commercial idea where people are always kind of pitched and and like they're getting these elaborate decks and things like that all the time and features it's not that people don't get that stuff I would put my best foot forward with a coffee, which is the follow-up. That's the next thing that I'm hoping to get oh, out of all of this. I, I think, well, my personal opinion is it's not thirsty, especially if it's genuine. Um, and I think a coffee, like, I mean, just imagine you're Julia Roberts and you're on vacation at the, on the Amalfi Coast. And Matt Enlow is like, oh, hey. Oren, Oren, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not pitching Julia Roberts, though. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, uh, what's her brother? Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Oh, but oh, I just got a text from Eric. He said yes, he'll do the movie. <laughs> He's like twenty thousand dollars. Make it fifteen. So okay, yes, I I hear the not Julia Roberts. But yeah. So I, so the Amalfi Coast point is is really what we're getting at here. And so like, uh, or will they hop on a Zoom? Hop on the phone? Those that's standard practice. That's part of why we live in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Is to be able to have these meetings and you know, to go grab a coffee at Little Dom's or whatever. I guess the, what I'm, in my mind, and the reason this is kind of fresh in my mind is because I just pitched on this job, one of those Super Bowl jobs that I did not get, but uh, I made a treatment. I was up against a couple other directors and we all sent our treatments in and we said, okay, when can I, can Oren present the treatment? And they said, oh, we're sorry. Our schedules just aren't working out. Everyone's busy. Everyone's traveling. Um, it's like a kick in the teeth. Yeah, you yeah. won't be able to present the treatment. And we're like, oh, okay, so will the other directors? No, no one's going to present their treatment. And so the producer said to me, 
Oren, why don't you do a video treatment? I was like, what? I'm, I'm not making a whole freaking video treatment. They're like, just open up a Zoom window, hit record, present your treatment just like you would do it on a Zoom. You know, share your screen, go page by page. Sure. Did you do that? I did it. Yeah. It's like a 15 minute video. Yeah. And we sent it and I didn't get the job. But the rub is they never watch the video. So uh, it's not proof that my video did not get the job because they never watch it. Uh, but it brings I, me back to point one of this whole <laughs> uh, exercise. But what that experience taught me was actually opening a Zoom and recording my treatment as I presented just by myself was really easy. And I had yeah, an MP4. Sure. I just kind of lobbed off the beginning and the end to make it snappy. And I was like, oh, if I was if I was pitching an actor on a project right now, why not do it? You know, make yeah, my bullet lips point. Here's five reasons I think you're perfect for this. And I'd love to talk more. And then the coffee or then the Zoom or then the whatever. But I, just, I don't know. I guess I just, and some people maybe aren't. It's even great. maybe a good idea. Go on. Sorry, I took a, a left turn while you were explaining um, what's well, going that, on. So, so that's the gist of it, basically. And then once they're interested and attached, we can uh, use that as capital to continue to uh, leverage that when we're checking in with the other actors. Like, oh, hey, you know, we know you're still reading, but great news. Orin just attached. We're so excited. I think you two will be perfect together. Brad Pitt, trust me, you're going to want to... Read this script because Oren just, with Julia Roberts, just made a video for Julia Roberts. And she yep. might watch it. So charming. So I think you uh, naturally should also be in this movie. Now we're waiting. Do you have any deadlines that are this year? I guess probably not. Ugh. So we won't find out anything until next year. Yeah, early next year. I can't wait to find out who... Says yes. Hell yes. Who accepts your coffee invitation? Yeah. I mean, maybe there's no coffee invitation. Oh, but did I, did I finish my point about like the strategy of like going out in steps to kind of build momentum based off of people we have relationships with? No. There's that to it a little bit. Yeah. Right. So what you mean is, again, I know we've been joking and reusing these names a million times, but if you did have Julia Roberts, even for a tiny part, it would be easier to go to someone else um, and say, hey, Julia's doing the small part. Um, you should be in this movie too. Yes, that's step two. But step one is like, oh, my producer happens to have worked with Julia before and they're their old pal. So like being able to go out to a person who has recognition and value, but also is uh, fewer degrees away from us than some of the other actors who are more cold. Uh, uh, relationships is part of it too like oh we know this agent oh this person was in another person's movie oh we actually worked together years ago on this thing or that The all of that uh, all of those different connections that we've had over uh, years of, of working you know both myself and all the producers is part of how you kind of put this whole thing together yeah yeah and I mean it's the, the most obvious thing ever but Anytime I've ever managed to cast someone of any value, it's always been like a triangulation. Like, yeah, I worked with them before. Someone I know worked with them before. Someone I know is friends with their kids and put in a good word for exactly. me. Exactly. 
um, and even like, oh, they have the same agent, things like that. Like the mm-hmm. like getting those first early wins builds momentum where it's like, oh, now people are hearing about it. Other people want to read. Maybe you have a good relationship with that manager or that agent. And they're like, oh, well, we actually have a client who would be really good for this other role. I couldn't help but bring it up, you know. Um, but if you go, if you start with Julia Roberts and you don't have that connection and she says no, then you've just kind of waited for her to read and turn you down, basically. It's a tough, it's, I mean, cast is tough on the town. They always talk about how there aren't a lot of new stars being made. Sure. And either gives stars more value because there aren't a lot of new ones or less value because people maybe are less sensitive to them or maybe are more fractured. You know, maybe to some people an influencer would be an interesting, like Charlie D'Amelio might be a more interesting casting choice than Amy Adams, you know? Um, Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting world. Well, we can't wait. Please update us on your casting. Yeah, keep an eye out for the deadline article. I, I joke, but like it, the part of the reason why people uh, keep um, those announcements close to the chest is because it is an opportunity for a press splash. Um, not that this would be a scoop necessarily, but you know. Yeah, I mean, the other day we I forwarded you a short film that had attached some actors and it had an article in Daily Variety, and I was like, "It is, boy." I, since since we talked about that, I've seen a, a similar uh, handful of of Deadline and Variety posts that were of the same level importance. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Man, it is a slow news week for those guys." Ay ay ay. Yeah. For the record, when you make a short film and get an actor in it that was on a TV show that usually does not warrant an article in a big Hollywood publication. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, Matt, thanks for talking. Thanks for making it through 401 episodes with me. We did it. Uh, Oren, do you have a few more moments to stick around and endorse? Yeah. Unpaid endorsements. So my unpaid endorsement, it's a little unfair to call it an unpaid endorsement. We'll see. You'll, you, maybe you'll give me a hard time on this. Our old pal, Seth Worley, and his company, Plot Devices, they oh, did yes. sponsor us once upon a time when they were rolling out their storyboard notebooks, which are cool notebooks that have uh, all sorts of um, uh, pages that are sprinted, printed with storyboard uh, templates on them so that you can draw your storyboards in a beautiful notebook. They've rolled out a new version called of, of Sticky Notes, essentially, that are, you know, they've got the little adhesive just like a post-it, but they are uh, formatted with a beautiful storyboard uh, layout. They kind of give you guidelines for rule of thirds. They're 9 by 16. They give you like a little slot where you can put in your scene numbers and all of that stuff and your descriptions. And it's a really elegant little post-it note, basically. Um, and Seth, he posted on Instagram that if you message him, he'll send you some post-its. And I said, gimme. Um, and they're super rad. They're super, super rad. So, so they're post-it notes that are like storyboards. Templates. Yeah, storyboard templates, basically. And what do you stick them to? You stick them to scripts. And what's ironic about it is that I was literally, I'm a pen and paper guy, uh, partially so that I'm not distracted by things. And I had been, I had my script printed out and I was just kind of brainstorming visual ideas for different sequences and had been using post-it notes. And found myself annoyed because I was trying to rough in the 9 by 16 
uh, and like like make room to like add a description, and it was just like really clumsy and bad. And is I, your movie vertical? Are you shooting vertical? Yes, it's 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 vertical. No, nine sixteen nine. Pardon me. Sorry. Okay, okay. sixteen nine. Um, but yeah, I was just like, ah, this is uh, kind of annoying. And then lo and behold, a mere day, a few days later, Seth posted that they have this new product, and it's really cool. So if you go to Plot Devices, uh, you can check out their uh, storyboard stickies. Well, not to brag or anything, <laughs> but last time Seth was in L.A. Did he give you some already? Well, we had coffee together, and he got my thoughts on the product. Oh. What do you think? I told him I don't really carry paper around or ever use paper Sure, sure. Uh, on set. I do, you know, I have them in my pocket. I just never look at them. But I thought it was a really cool idea, but I was like, I think it's more in the brainstorming. Yeah, but then I saw you post it today. I was like, oh, damn, he made it. Like, yeah, I think for some people that they're awesome. I I would definitely try using them. I'm kind of working on something right now that needs storyboards. And it would be great. I'm curious, that rule of thirds thing you're talking about, it's basically like there's a grid drawn on the storyboard. Do you like that? Um, That is less important to me, for sure. But because these are thumbnails that like these are purely just like i'm trying to explain things and need to be able to adhere them to places and move them around and it's very a beautiful mind basically yeah that's awesome that's what i think of you as the beautiful mind of filmmaking i used to be just like using a grease pencil on a, a mirror or a, a window and uh i just carved things into trees yeah yeah. And I chop them down, put them all in a notebook, carry them with me on set. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Plotdevices.co. Pretty cool. I saw yeah. a good number of people message me that they picked some up. So, oh, cool. I'll have to tell Seth. Seth, if you're listening, send me some. Yeah. It's the opposite of unpaid endorsements. I'm getting our listeners to pay Seth, a previous guest yeah. and previous sponsor. Anyway, Kaplan, what you got? Well, I'm going to. Remind people about cinematographer Yuki Noguchi. This is paid. YukiNaguchi.com. Every time I mention his name on this podcast, he Venmos me me $5. So check him out. YukiNaguchi.com. Cinematographer. It's available. He owns uh, a lot of amazing gear. I think he has an Alexa 35, some Master Prime, some Cook Anamorphics, uh, Ronin. He's even got one of those Segways that you can ride while operating the Ronin. Really? Yeah. Wow. So uh, check it out. Um, but my unpaid endorsement is, oh, I told you it's a really bad one. What's the douchiest thing I could unpaid endorse right now? Crypto? Close. Wait, Starts with the same that. letter. Oh, I don't know. The Cybertruck. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen? I don't know what this is. A Cybertruck? The Tesla Cybertruck. I'm not endorsing the truck. I'm endorsing a review of it. It's actually, so there's this guy, his name is Jason Camisa. Anyone that uh, cares about cars probably knows who he is. He's on this YouTube channel, Haggerty, H-A-G-E-R-T-Y. He has this video called Exclusive 2024 Tesla Cybertruck Full Review and Drag Race. Um, He's one of only three people, him, Marquise Brownlee, and someone else who got to fully test the Cybertruck like before it came out. Um, and he even got to spend time with the engineers that worked on it. And 
he does this. He's on this podcast called Carmudgeon, C-A-R-M-U-D-G-E-O-N, where he talks about it. And hey, Orin, let me ask you an important question about what a what a when you hear truck, what do you think? What do you think it has? I guess maybe there's a cover on this. Has a bed? Yeah. Does it have a bed? Yeah, a lift gate. Yeah, it's um, it can tow, it can tow up to eleven thousand pounds. Uh, it can go off road. It's got four wheel drive. Yeah, it kind of looks like in these photos I see now where it must, the the bed must un uncover, but it looks like a covered little take. So the insane part about how it was designed is Elon Musk's son was like. I think it was like eight years old or something, said like, why doesn't anyone, if you want to make the cars of the future, why don't any of your cars look like they're from the future? Like if you're going to make a truck from the future, you should make it look like it's actually from the future. That's pretty good though. <laughs> and yeah, he and the car designer sat down, drew some shapes, came up with this shape, gave it to the engineers at Tesla, in the super Steve Jobs way, and said, we are presenting this to the world in 90 days. Go. And they're like, what is this? They're like, it's a truck. Make it look like this. Go. So 90 days later, it was like 93 or 94 days later, Elon Musk presented it to the whole world. And it was just a shell of a vehicle that was this shape. And this guy, Jason Camisa, talks about the engineering behind it. It's just like this super bizarre story of how this truck came to exist. And... They like have completely changed how cars and trucks are made. It's like if you, if you're an alien and you've never seen a truck or heard about a truck or knew how trucks work, how would you invent the best possible truck? Like they made, they reinvented how electrical systems work in cars. They reinvented how steering works. They reinvented um, like how chassis and materials were like it's just like this totally bizarre vehicle that has never been made before he compared it to the delorean and because that was also i think famously sure. like they figured out what they wanted it to look like and built it in reverse but uh this car is crazy it goes zero to 60 in 2.6 seconds it's a, it's a pickup truck it's um it's this crazy video and it's weird because everyone's biggest problem with this car is a, how douchey it looks, and B, that it's like Elon Musk's car. And, you know, people sure. have a lot of problems with him. And it's like, how can you be a person that's like so disliked that you can make the best product in the world and people will not want it because of your personality? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, well, and also his inability to just turn his personality off. Like if he just stopped talking, people would get over it. This guy is so bonkers. I do not like anything he says, but I don't know. Sometimes I think about like how he, it's very Steve Jobsian, you know, where Steve Jobs is like, make a phone that has rounded edges that fits into this size. And everyone's like, what you're asking for is physically impossible. And then he's like, just do it. And then they do it somehow. And sometimes it makes me think about being a filmmaker. Like if you are a Ridley Scott or someone that's doing these epic movies do you ever say like, yeah, this is what I want. And everyone tells you it's impossible. And you just have so much power or gumption that you just keep insisting on it. And people figure out how to make it. And like, as a filmmaker, I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, hey, can we have two dancers in the background here? 
no okay never mind we don't need that you know <laughs> it's like i'm just like such a pushover sometimes that i like i hear these stories about people that just ask for the things that they want and uh you know and roxy talks a lot about that it's like just ask for what you want sometimes you'll actually get it well Orin, another one in the books if you have any thoughts on making offers to people uh, to be in your movie on directing Super Bowl commercials on uh, quitting the year on December 1st <laughs> please email us we're just shoot it pod at gmail.com we love to hear from you even if you've got nothing to say just email us um, you know some sort of uh, threatening email we love to get those and you can follow us across all social media we're at just shoot it pod I'm on Instagram at Kaplan. And I'm at Mr. Matt Enlow across all social media. This episode was edited and produced by Noah Bayshore. Thanks, Noah. Additional producing by Tyler Small. And you're listening to music provided by the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.